It's another beautiful day here on planet Earth, and I am so stoked to have you joining me on the Mind Body Music Podcast. I'm your host, Madeline Moon, and this is episode 206 of this show. And today we were speaking with Christine Gutierrez, LMHC. She is a leading Latina psychotherapist with a master's in human behavior and development focusing on prevention and community from City College of New York. In addition, she is an advice columnist, speaker, author, poet, and founder of Christine G TV, an online hub that features psychology savvy and soulful advice, articles, videos, private consultations, workshops, retreats, both live and virtual, radio appearances, and television projects. In today's episode, we go deep into spirituality and religion. We go deep into being a woman of color and how she portrays herself in the online world. And we go deep into ways that we can lift each other up and represent all different types of women in the online space, the coaching world, and as healers in this world. Really beautiful conversation was had on this show, and I'm really excited to share it with you guys. Before we head on over, here is the review of the week. It comes from Sammy Gins, and she says, outstanding with five stars. I discovered Maddie's podcast when I sought help for my disordered eating and discovered I had a whole lot of learning and self-loving to do. Maddie is the real deal. She is kind, compassionate, smart, truthful, silly, engaging, knowledgeable, forthcoming, whimsical, wise, and put together. Her podcast has variety and exposes you to the realms of self-help you didn't even know you needed. After a few months of listening, I hired her as my coach and it was the best decision I ever made. I absolutely adore her and can't say enough positive things about this podcast. Sammy, can I just brag to you for like a hot minute to a few thousand people. Um, This chick is incredible. She came to me with some disordered eating thoughts and wanting to work on her body image. And then once we uncovered some deeper layers, found out, discovered that she really wanted to move to a different country, do something super scary, not know anybody, find a job in a different country and start fresh and and discover and explore and grow and travel and see the world. And this girl is doing it. After six months of working on a few different body image things and disordered eating things and self-love things and then going super deep into making this dream come true, this girl is leaving for Spain this month in June. And I'm so inspired and I'm so amazed and I'm so honored to have been a part of that experience. So... Thank you for that kind, kind review, love. Okay, today's sponsor. Today's sponsor is the one, the only, Fab Fit Fun. If you don't already know about it, it's a seasonal box with full-size beauty, fitness, and lifestyle products. I just received the summer box, and I am absolutely in love with all of the delicious products that are included. If you are all about self-care and self-love and self-date nights, but you're feeling a little bit stuck on some ways that you can give back to yourself, this is a really wonderful way to do so because it happens pretty much effortlessly. You just have to sign up and then the box is delivered to you. You don't even have to go anywhere. The boxes have been valued at over 200 every single box but they retail for 49.99 but if you want to get ten dollars off your first box go to fabfitfun.com and use the coupon code mindbody in all caps to get that discount remember it's a seasonal subscription box so you only get a few a year but they're packed with really amazing beautiful full-size products that are endorsed by nikki reed and all these awesome people so if you want to check it out Like I said, fabfitfun.com. (laughs) 
You are now entering the Mind Body Musings podcast. If you find yourself hungry for growth, eager for inspiration, and longing for self-improvement, welcome home. Hosted by motivational speaker and life coach Maddie Moon, you can be certain you will learn how to change your life in magical ways in each and every episode. Are you ready to stop caring what other people think? Is it time you break limiting beliefs and empower your whole being? Do you know how to use the one life you've been given to the absolute fullest? Join Maddie Moon and her inspirational guests every Wednesday for the life-altering discussions on freedom, vulnerability, abundance, and so much more. For more insight, grab your free gift on MaddieMoon.com and uncover your own once-in-a-lifetime greatness within. If you have kind words to say, feel free to leave a review on the show in iTunes or send your favorite episode to a friend. We look forward to hearing your insights and growing together in unexpected ways. And now, without further ado, here's your host, Maddie Moon. What up, tribe? And welcome back to the podcast. I am here with Christine for episode 206. Wow, we are already here and I am so excited to be in the 200s and to have this wonderful guest here today with us to speak about stepping into your most authentic self, love addiction, spirituality, so many juicy, juicy topics. So without further ado, welcome to the Mind Body Musings podcast, Christine. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Seems like you've been doing a lot lately. So you said that you were in Bali hosting a retreat? Yes. Yes, I just came back from Bali um, and it was absolutely magical. It was actually my first time shifting into doing more of this kind of holding space for other change makers, um, mostly women of color, but we had a really diverse group of women from all walks, all paths, and they were all just ready to share their creative gifts, their healing gifts with the world. And uh, usually I do a lot of deep kind of shadow uh, trauma work. And it was really amazing to be in Bali and do this kind of more lighter, um, joyful work. So it's, it was really, it was really special for me. Wow. This is, this is very beautiful. And I'm curious, you said that it was mostly for women of color. How, I mean, do you market it in that way? Or is it just so happened nope. to be like that? Yeah. So um, I love that question. And um, it's a topic that's very passionate, um, that I'm very passionate about these days. And, you know, I am um, Puerto Rican, Latina. And uh, I think because I share that so often, um, you know, the, the classic, you know, your vibe attracts mm. your tribe, right? And um, it was not something that I intentionally did. Um, I guess, you know, some part of it was intentional when I was younger, I always knew I wanted to give back to my community um, and just give back to people that needed more representation, wanted to be seen, wanted to be heard in this kind of space. But it actually happened, you know, pretty organically. Um, I work with all women um, or, you know, anybody that considers themselves or identifies as woman. Um, but yes, uh, it, it just, it wasn't like I put it on the website, this is for women of color. Um, it says it's for women. But because I'm just who I am and I'm sharing my cultural identity as well, I think a lot of people resonated with that. And, um, you know, it's funny because a lot of the white women that work with me, they're like, we're beige, we're not white. <laughs> because they identify a lot with uh, being a woman that's gone through different experiences that I think um, makes their experience be relatable to a lot of women of color. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I love that you are 
always speaking about being Latina and even in your bio. And it's great because people oftentimes when I'm, when I'm working with people who, um, are focusing on building their own business, there's a lot of layers of themselves, even something as simple as where you're from or who you are, like the basic core of who you are, that it's the question of, should I share this or should I not? Should I make this part of my message or should I not? And you are a beautiful example. And I feel that I am, I'm similar in my own quirky, weird way. Um, you are attracting people who have probably experienced similar struggles as you have. And I typically attract really goofy, weird, lighthearted, funny, but also very in-depth people because they resonate with those core aspects of who you are, the color, but also your message, your traumas, your experiences, all those different layers. And the more that you can free yourself to share it and share it proudly, share it openly as a business owner, um, even as a human, right? Like just as a human, if you're just a human on this planet and you want to have a tribe, reveal, reveal those layers. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, it's, people see things as a brand, you know, and what I encourage people to see things as is your souls. This is your soul's work, especially if you're in this kind of, you know, spiritual wellness field or creative or change maker, whatever word you want to use, you are beyond a brand. A brand, um, you know, is a business word that we use to express certain words, certain vibes that kind of capture the essence of who you are. But the truth is, is that we're so multifaceted. We have so many different layers and levels and, 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 and in order to be that and to show that we have to be comfortable and be courageous in sharing the raw, messy, the beautiful, the parts of us that we might feel embarrassed by, or the parts of us that we have maybe accepted as just, oh, that's who I am, right? Like, I'm just quirky, or I I am just Latina. Why do I have to share that? Um, I think it's important because people don't know, you know, and it gives people an invitation to really get to know who you are so that they know if they want to work with you, but in addition, so they can really feel your heart and know if you're for them. Mm -hmm. Precisely. So before we go any deeper, I want to back up and go to your background and your story and how you got to this wonderful place you are at today and some of the maybe trials that you've had to experience in order to get here. Yeah, so um, I consider myself a healer. I am a licensed psychotherapist as well. Um, So I did a kind of a merging of the traditional path of healing and the ancient wisdom path that was kind of in my roots um, since before I was born. And so since I can remember being a little girl, I... Uh, had holy water. I was raised Catholic. Um, I consider myself spiritual, but I was raised Catholic and I would go to church, get holy water, water, bless my house, (laughs) go around to each room and like do blessings. Um, Had a little altar. I would use my Bible and my confirmation (sighs) book as an oracle card deck. (laughs) So cute. I love this. And I would open it up with my big, huge glasses because I had like huge, like Lisa Loeb, uh, but Puerto Rican version, Lisa Loeb, with uh, huge bifocals. Uh, they were like Mickey Mouse glasses. And it was, you know, I would just open up this oracle, this this uh, Bible and the confirmation book, like an oracle card uh, deck, and just ask it questions. And I always felt very connected to spirit, to suffering. Um, I would see homeless people and let my, I would beg my mom to speak to them. Um, and I would ask them questions about where's your mom and where's your dad and how did this happen and what happened? 
um, because I was really curious about the human condition. I just didn't have the words for it as a little girl. Um, and I always knew I wanted to help. I had a big mouth. I, I stood up for people that were marginalized or picked on. Um, and inevitably it led me down, you know, a path of, you know, tutoring and volunteering and helping and, and eventually to, um, my profession as a therapist. And I couldn't leave spirit out of that for me. Um, you know, the word psychology actually means the study of the soul. And, um, and for me, I wanted to bring the soul back into therapy. Mm, Okay. This is, I'm so glad that you have this experience of being raised in a Catholic household. I really want to get into this first and foremost. And I want to talk about your journey of moving. Um, maybe you were never fully in being Catholic, but Mm -hmm. was there a period where you, you were in being Catholic and you had to move out of that and you transitioned into creating what spirituality means to you rather than religion? Yeah, it's interesting. It's something that I never really think of per se, because it's just been so, it feels so effortless, right? Like I never felt um, a religious identity crisis because I was never, I never felt, um, I always spoke up in class. Um, You know, I remember raising my hands and being like, but, you know, Sister Maria, you know, if, if, but the kids, if the kids don't know about Jesus in another country, how can they be wrong? Aren't all the kids, you know, children of God? They don't need to be saved. They're already saved because they were born. So I had a very kind of, um, I spoke out enough that I didn't identify myself even then as being fully taking on the dogma that I was being taught. So I never felt that I had to separate per se because I always felt that I was separate. I always, I, you know, I, I share this story often when I, um, when I share my kind of spiritual background that I remember being in my mom's bedroom, little girl, eight, nine, I was in Catholic school and I got mad that all the prayers were, um, like mostly focused on men and the stories around men. So I went on strike from the Our Father and I only did Hail Marys. (laughs) I only would do the Hail Mary, uh, so that I could tap into the feminine (laughs) because I was so pissed. Wait, how old were you here? I was like eight. What the heck? You're amazing. (laughs) I want to be you when I grow up. I was just like this weird, you know, like spiritual child. And I was really passionate about like girl, you know, women and you know, helping. And I I was very sensitive. I was a very like sensitive, emotional kid. And I think that, so that carried on. And I do think that it's evolved, but again, I, you know, I, have studied meditation. I've studied yoga, which is obviously from Indian and, um, Egyptian backgrounds, which is not where I'm from. Um, and I have deep reverence for, you know, the, the traditions that I've learned from as well, that are not of my own, but, um, but I never saw it as separate, you know, since younger, I always felt like all religions are one. Mm-hmm. I just so happened to be born in a Catholic religion. Um, and I took what I wanted from that. I love Jesus. I, you know, I, I love the messages. I love a lot of things that I have. Um, I love the, 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 the spiritual candles and the prayers that we would do in like the more Latino version of the Catholic traditions, um, praying to the saints, um, is very, it's a lot of what we see in, um, new, uh, new age culture as well with like the lighting of candles. And so I had all of those things, um, 
growing up. Um, so I think, yeah, that, that pretty much was my experience with that. And it's continued to uh, become this flowing and evolving deepening of just connecting to source, mm-hmm. you know, which I think is just infinite. Yeah. I'm sure you've worked with people who have, n- who are not raised to have that kind of personal freedom in their, mm-hmm. their religion, their spirituality. Um, I know I have worked with quite a few women who were raised very conservative Christian or in a Catholic home or um, I've worked with people who were in Jehovah's Witness and there was never a encouragement from the parents or from the church to do your own thing, so to say. And, and within them, especially as children, they didn't know that they had the choice or they weren't so passionately strong about this, what I'm going to do, this was right. Um, and now they're at an age where they're questioning things. Is there heaven? Is there hell? Can I have marriage outside of sex? Mm-hmm. Are the little children that live all around the planet who never hear about Jesus going to be saved or going to die? Do people yeah. get chosen by God beforehand? And, and they're the selected few to go to heaven where the rest are actually predetermined to go to like these yeah. kinds of questions. And they're so intense. And, and that, that, I know that painful feeling of being in that stretching space of this is what I was taught to believe my entire life. But Mm -hmm. now it's starting to feel weird to think that there's, there are people that are predetermined to burn in hell or these children, if they die at eight years old and never even hear the word of Jesus, won't go to heaven. Like all those things. Um, I can come up with all of these questions so easily about this, uh, what do you do if you're going into spirituality from religion? Because I've lived that and I've worked through it on my own. I've worked through it with a lot of time and, and listening to the divine and feeling the divine within me. But how do you explain that process to people? What it looks like to move from this space of religion and have your mind blown open when you realize that everything you've been taught might not ring true to you anymore. Yeah. I I mean, you know, I think for, everyone, you know, I really respect that. I don't think that, um, becoming more open spiritually is, is better, right. Or, or worse. Like, I don't think that there's any better or worse. I think it's what your soul is chosen to do. Right. And I think that, you know, for those that like you're describing, they feel that maybe some of those things that they've been taught don't ring true for them. Right. Mm, Um, I think that in those cases, it's it's very similar to when we outgrow a friendship or relationship that no longer works for us, um, but even deeper because it really hits on those core feelings of you know of of fate, you know of am I worthy to to go to heaven and these really big concepts of really the ultimate feeling of worthiness, am I chosen or am I not, right? Mm-hmm. And when that's fractured, you know it can be the most painful feeling, especially if you grew up, um, religious, I think that, you know, having uh, a therapist, having a, a guide, a spiritual guide that can help walk you through that experience or someone that's gone through it as well is always helpful. Um, it's helpful to know that you're not alone and to know that those feelings are normal and that we're always evolving. And I like to compare spiritual growth and religious growth, um, and different ideas and concepts to, uh, development. You know, um, we have an idea that was this kind of, uh, idea of this man in the sky. Right. Um, but 
as we emotionally evolve on a developmental level, we might come to understand that this guy in the sky is actually uh, more of a source that has always been and always will be, right? Like these, these ideas take different forms. But what I think is most important to remember is that um, your religion or your spirituality should make you feel safe and loved. And it should make you feel connected to that spirit of healing and of protection. And if you're not getting that anymore from your religion for whatever reason, but something else is bringing you that and it feels genuine and true for you, then following the call of your spirit, but also getting support because um, it can be sort of an identity crisis that really needs attention and a space to really dive into that. And you don't have to really do it alone. Um, I, I think that we're coming into a space where there's a lot of information and things can get confusing. So just like with anything that's confusing, it takes some stillness and um, some sacred space and probably a good trained guide or someone that has gone through the experience to help support you through that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, precisely. You can never underestimate the power of uh, having a coach or a guide or some kind of therapist through a process like this, because it, it is like a, it could be like a divorce. It could be like yeah. a breakup. I mean, it really, ultimately it's like the biggest one, you know? Absolutely. Wait, did the, I use that word right? Underestimate or was it overestimate? I don't know. Anyways, sorry. My <laughs> brain is going all over the place. I, I do want to <laughs> dig in a little bit deeper on this word safe. What does it mean? What does it feel like when your spiritual practice provides a feeling of safety? What is that even mean? I love that question. Hmm. So at the beginning of every ritual or um, retreat or healing that I do, I start off by saying we call ourselves back from all time and all spaces. We call ourselves back from all time and all places. We call ourselves back from all time and all places. We are here now. And it's like this coming back home to ourselves that feels that feeling of internal safety where the thoughts are something like everything's going to be okay. The feeling is something like a warm, loving blanket. Um, this cheerful, comforting, maternal, um, divine maternal, divine paternal, infinite energy that's kind of enveloping you. And it is a feeling that makes you know that you are worthy. Um, so for me, that's what that safety feels like. And, and that to me, it can be applied to anything, whether it's a spiritual practice should make you feel that way, or um, a romantic relationship should make you feel that way. And when you're not being made to feel safe, um, there's questions to be asked, right? Like, do I deserve to stay in this space? And, and what is it about this person or this experience that's not making me feel safe? Um, but safety is the key to being able to do, to evolve, to, to grow, to learn. Because when we're safe, we, our nervous system can relax and we can soak in new concepts and we can um, explore things that are really scary to explore. We could talk about things that maybe we, we think we can't talk about. So safety really is key in everything we do. Mm -hmm. Right. It's for me, I would say this one, one path that's really served me and creating more of a spiritual based life than a re a religious based life is this understanding that the divine really lives within each one of us and it's created for me a much 
safer, better life because I realize that I have the divine within me. I have the divine feminine with, within me. I have the divine masculine within me, but the, the, the divine period is within me, but it's also within every single neighbor that I have, every single person that I come into contact with today. They have consciousness. They have this beauty and creating this idea of like truly, truly, truly of heaven on earth, blissful, peace, loving your neighbor, treating everyone with kindness, having that be a base, a baseline of my spiritual practice has increased my relationship with feeling the presence of the divine. And I know I'm using a lot of big words here-ish, but what I'm saying is that before, when I was when I was raised really in this atmosphere of right and wrong, black and white, and mm-hmm. and that was only my experience. Like you were saying earlier, thank you for sharing that there is no better or worse. That's so important to share because some people, I do have listeners of this podcast that are super into having uh, a religious lifestyle and love it, and that's so amazing, and I'm so happy to hear that. Every email I get about this, it's beautiful. It's so loving. And so I think what I'm sharing here is that for me growing up, I didn't receive that, that idea or that message that we really are supposed to love our neighbors, even though Jesus talked about it all the time. Mm. Like that's not what I witnessed in my church. I didn't witness the loving of each other and feeling connected with God through nature. In fact, that was more of a sin because that was universalism. So I kind of cut myself off from nature and I was allowed to have these friends, but not those friends. Whereas Jesus was like all about being friends with everybody. And as an adult, I'm finally understanding this. I'm understanding that the confusion I had around being love and loving my neighbor and showing up in this world as heaven on earth came from the humans teaching me not the bigger messages from the books and from the religions. That's right. Right? It's, it's like a mind-blowing concept to finally get that, that all of the grudges that so many people hold around religion or what their parents did or said, it's, it's coming from humans, a human brain. It's not coming straight from the divine. And, and if you can really tap into this and understand that all of these spiritual teachers along along uh, the timeline in our past that have come before us they're all speaking the same message of love each other you are love light you are gorgeous you are beautiful and and the way that we feel connected to that energy it can vary so greatly from person to person to person some people find it through comic books some people find it through like through going in a walk in, in nature and it's it's beautiful and it's great to be expansive in that way and not judge yourself through it that's right. And, you know, for me, I always say Jesus was a rebel. He was a revolutionary. He hung out with prostitutes and cured lepers, you know. Um, so that says a lot. And I think that, um, that there is, there's so much um, to be learned and to be unlearned <laughs> in this life. Mm-hmm. And my favorite thing is unlearning things that don't work and yeah. reclaiming things that do work for me. And for my spirit, you know, um, I think we all have those, you know, I I always say I am used um, by the divine to be the hands and feet. We all are. And um, in order to be able to do that, we have to listen. What does my unique soul need to do in this world? Because we all have a gift that is so unique that only we can do. And we don't have to do anything. It's just by our being Mm -hmm. that we are doing just by our being. 
how you sound, how you look, all these extra things. None of like your being, the the energy that you express out into the world. You don't have to say anything. That in and of itself is is powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want everyone to let that sink in. Like, if you have to pause this episode and just like rewind it a minute and listen to the full thing again, I think it's really, 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 really important that you take that away from this episode because it's it's one thing to hear. Oh, who you are, your presence, that's that's the gift. That's the beauty. That's the relationship you have with the divine. You don't have to do anything. But to you actually don't. let it sink in and understand that you don't have to do anything. It's mind-blowing. It's fascinating. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah, I love it. It's like I always tell people I'm like you don't you don't have to get validated by nobody. Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody can tell you nothing about yourself um to make you feel better, to make you feel worse. You literally are stamped the moment that you are birthed even before then with an inherent worthiness. Mm-hmm. Inherent in your bones, sewn into every piece of you. So, you know, life happens and messy things happen and trauma happens and pain happens and not everyone is living in the light. There's mm-hmm. bad people. There's mentally ill people. There is people that are angry and don't have the space or the resources to heal and are projecting traumas. And, you know, n- the world is not all sunflower and roses. But if I focus on the healing that I know I can do in my life, because that's what I can control and be and create that ripple effect outward, right? And hold the space. At least I'm doing my part, you know, Um, and hopefully inspiring others to do the same. Right. Because my end goal is that I want to help as many people as possible. Remember their divinity, remember their worth and heal, heal from any lies that they've been told of their unworthy, of their unworthiness or their inability to do something or their not good enoughness. Right. Um, That's that's the ultimate goal in all of this. And whichever way you find to get there doesn't really matter to me as long as you do so being kind to yourself and others. Mm -hmm. Is there a side of yourself that you repressed along the years, something you were really scared for the world to see, maybe some some part of you you were scared to claim and acknowledge, Mm -hmm. and you went through a process of healing that and totally owning it and, and it affected your life greatly? Girl, you are good. You are good. Um, yes. Um, I think one of them was my my spirituality coming outward. I was always taught, you know, by spiritual elders and coming from the traditions that I come from that, like, these are sacred things that you keep private. Um, it took me over five years to have anything recorded or at one of my retreats. Um, or any pictures, like professional pictures, because I was taught that the gifts that come through during those retreats and those things are private things. They're not things you share with the world. Um, and so I've had this, like, you know, a part of me that really, like, I won't put full images of certain experiences online that happen, let's say, at my retreat. But I'll put, like, a clip of something that carries the energy of that. So it was hard to navigate how do I share and how much do I share? And I was scared to come out a little bit more with how deep the work went, you know, and the, the healings that people were having that were something that I don't really talk about 
like you will not find any of those, <laughs> the words or the things that happen on my retreats on my website. You know, people were going through these spontaneous healings and these, you know, activations and, um, and it was just blowing my mind and, and, and little by little, I started feeling comfortable to say, you know, I don't have to share it in a way that violates what I believe is sacred. Right. But I can still share it because there was this kind of, um, conditioning, right? Like, and navigating some of the tradition with the new traditions that I'm creating and finding that balance. And I think now I'm at the point where I found that balance of sharing these more intimate moments in a really respectful way that still keeps some mystery to it, which I like. Um, but I actually got to come out and share, you know, this is how deep this retreat goes. Um, my Diosa retreat is the one, um, that I'm talking about. And, and that one is like a spiritual surgery is the best way to describe it. And people walk away then feeling empowered and rising in their worth, but they really do shed a lot. Um, and then the other thing was, I think really, um, embracing my cultural confidence um, I was always internally proud to be Latina, but I felt really scared um, to really embrace and share about that because I was always scared of, you know, what will my white allies, you know, feel if I share that I feel hurt, that I don't feel represented in this industry. Um, so recently um, there was this huge thing on social media that I shared. Um, uh, this white woman had posted something on, on, her, in, on her Facebook saying, please tag your next level inspirations to be so I can interview people for my podcast. And some people that I have met, like maybe at a workshop or something like uh, different leaders in the field, some people had tagged me and that was, you know, such a good feeling when someone tags you, you're like, Oh, thank you. Like so humbling, so nice. Right. And I was so happy and it was just really beautiful. Um, and then the woman who posted that wrote, thanks a lot for posting your friends, but I'm looking for your next level inspirations. And she continued to copy and paste that post to everyone who was tagging other people. And they just so happened to be women of color, you know, um, and what? make a long story short, um, you know, it was, you know, what I talk about as, you know, a colonized mentality of what success looks like. I think that, do I think this person is bad? No. Um, uh, I think that like many of us, we have areas in our life that we're not looking at. And, um, and in that situation, it was just so forward and open that I couldn't not say something. So we asked her in a nice way, you know, like we're lovingly inquiring, um, actually someone else wrote that we're lovingly inquiring, like, what, what do you mean by this? Right? Like, what do you mean by that? Because people tagged who they consider as a next level inspiration. And you're saying no, <laughs> you know, mm. and, um, you know, uh, I got on Facebook live, which I never do um, to share vulnerably like this, like I share vulnerably, but not crying. You know, I'm not the kind of person that cries publicly on social media. That's just hasn't been my thing. I cry behind closed doors with my family, with my friends, with my therapist, with my man. Um, but I couldn't hold it in. And I literally was bawling and like messy, like snot coming out my nose, like mm. wiping it on my shirt. Like I think about it now and I get emotional and it was the first time that I was like, F it. Like, I have to share my heart. And I was like, you really hurt me. Like, how dare you, you know, um, do this? And I called her out. And, you know, we did end up getting on a, com you know, a call. Um, and we spoke about it. And, 
you know, she still was kind of confused. She was just like, you know, for, for me, next level aspirations are people that are like kind of outside of my sphere. And I'm like, well, first of all, not to be mean, but we are your next level inspirations. You know, I've been featured in, you know, I can't even tell you how many magazines, but that doesn't matter to me. I don't need to prove that to you or anyone. You know, it's, it's, it's a way of the world and that's fine. But, you know, if you did research on the people that they tagged or you asked their story and you decided that they weren't a fit, that's a different thing. But you just saw the name and assumed they weren't next level. That's really offensive. And so I shared that. Um, and that was really hard. It was like coming out. You know, it was like a coming out of having to own that there were some parts that I was really feeling hurt about. I have mentors that have been white that I love that are, you know, they're my, they're my girls. And it, it was hard for me to like share that and not feel scared that I was going to hurt people's feelings that I love too. So I had to be mindful of that. But more importantly, I had to be mindful to just say like the people that know me will understand this is not about, you know, I don't like white people. It's I've been hurt. And this is my experience as a Latina woman in this field. And this woman did an example of exactly that. And I, and I got to, through that experience, own a lot of the feelings that I was repressing and own my cultural confidence. All of a sudden, it was like this beautiful kind of flowering of like, wow, I have this magic within me. And like one of my dear friends, she was the former um, president of Latina magazine, uh, Robin Moreno. She shared, you know, we're sitting on gold with our culture. And so... Um, I got to really tap into that, my like cultural gold, like all the medicine that's in my bones because of where I come from and, and what I was suppressing because of the feelings I was going through with, you know, whether it was overt or covert racism that people honestly don't mean to do, but they do, you know, and, and I had to speak on it. So it was just this beautiful kind of coming out and it felt really good, um, scary, terrifying, um, emotional. Yeah and good, liberating. So I feel really um, happy um, to be at this space now where I feel like I reclaimed something mm. that I lost or that was taken from me. Wow. Okay, so this Facebook Live, is something that I can share on the show notes for this episode? Yeah, uh, okay. I still have it. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to link to it um, if you're okay with that. Yeah, totally. Because this message is so crucial for me to think about and how I'm showing up in the world. And if there's like these small, subtle ways that I, I somehow ignore something on, on social media or in my, my work life. I mean, I think all of us are like, well, I would never do something like that. Like that's I'm, right. I'm going to cuss right now, but that's that story you just shared is super fucked up. Yeah. Like that's really, really fucked up and it pisses me off. And I'm like, that's just so disturbing um, and so disturbing that there was still this wall up, even if you got on the phone and still saying like, well, it's next level. Well, first off, what she means from what I'm, I can hear is next level yeah. as in has paid for Instagram followers or has yeah, just. And has I said that I was like, you know, I've worked with, you know, yoga girl who has like one of the largest Instagram accounts and I'm one of the guides on her website. And, you know, there's a time and place for I understand, right? Like we're in a business, you understand numbers, but to just go to ask a question without putting parameters right mm -hmm. like if uh -huh. you say i need ten thousand followers and blah 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 blah, blah or right. whatever the case is and then also questioning that rule like who told us that we had to do that mm -hmm. right like 
growing is important, but if you call yourself, and this is kind of what I said, if you call yourself a healer, you can be a marketer, but if you call yourself a healer and a spiritual teacher, then you better be mindful that soul comes over numbers any day and that you want to be representing people that are truly, authentically healing and doing the work that are not just paying or have a good website or have the access to pay for a website because we have to really deconstruct why is it that these people have this access to being able to do all these things, right? You can have this amazing healer that's working in the community, but if she doesn't have access to being able to know how the hell to get, you know, a program at an internet market, <laughs> it might be harder, you know? So, you know, just keeping that in mind so that we are really elevating voices, elevating diverse voices, not only color skin, but, you know, maybe someone that has less followers one time, right? You, we still want to keep your numbers. You still want to grow, but are we really doing the true work that we're saying we do, we're doing? And for me, it's really important that I'm an ethical, not only therapist, but I'm, I'm an ethical healer. You know, I mentor um, girls, you know, my assistant, Latina woman, I help her, I hook her up, I pay her, I give clients, there's different ways that we can do this. You know, as a white woman, as a woman of color, it doesn't matter. There's, there's ways that we can do this. So we all have, I've done it as well. You know, I, I call myself, I'm a white passing Latina woman, you know, people, I'm not dark skin, so I have privilege. I'm pretty, I'm skinny. There's a lot of privilege. Mm -hmm. You know, you're fat, you're black, you're poor. There's less privilege. Black man. So I think about these things when I do the work that I do, and I'm like, oh, okay, this is a blind area. I missed that, right? I can't be perfect, but I could be willing to learn. And, and we won't get it right every time, and that's what I love to tell people. This is not to make us scared. This is to make us be like, oh, cool, I get to learn because I want to be informed. And so that really inspired me to take a look at myself in the ways that, like you said, wow, like I have to think. That's exactly what happened to me. I was like, let me just think and learn more um, because I, I had also been unaware of certain things, a simple thing. I wasn't putting images of the people that I was actually working with because for a long time I was using stock images. So then I started using more I still use stock images, but I use them that are representative of my demographic and of diverse people um, and images on my on my Instagram that reflect the real truth <laughs> of what's going on. So, yeah, uh, it it has um, been a catalyst, to say the least. Mm. I'm thinking so intensely about this conversation and it's making me so happy because I love <laughs> I love when I have these really fresh different perspectives and you're bringing something very new to the table and I'm slowing down and I'm thinking how have I done this in my own life and I know I've done this with the numbers thing partly because I have a very large podcast following and I do want to make sure that we can work together to create something magical where you're going to introduce me to your people and you to my people and all this but not always right I will say the two most impactful people I have ever worked with, my current teacher right now, and um, one of my coaches that blew my mind wide open at the beginning of my entire coaching career, just in a one hour call, she shook everything up in my life. And I ended up quitting my nine to five job, like booking mm -hmm. a plane to Hawaii. Like her 
power as a coach was so strong that she saw me in a way that I hadn't been seen before. Both of those people have like a thousand followers on Instagram. Like, and, and if, if those two people had just reached out to me to ask to be on my show and I judged by that, which I do sometimes, right. I'm being totally honest, which I do. We all do it. We all do it. Um, I would have probably been like, well, you know, if you build, I wouldn't say this, but in my mind, I'd think if you build up your following, maybe. Um, and so yeah. when the, another thing here is that when you ask a question, so this woman that asked the question, who's your next level leader to come be in my space? Um, you have to be ready to hold the integrity of the question and put in the time. And what that means is if you're gonna ask that question, yes, it will take time to go to every single person's website and read a couple blog posts or listen to a podcast interview, but that's really the only way to be in integrity with the question and get an answer. Because you just can't say no without taking your time to slow down and hear what this healer's words are. Unless you choose not to, and then you fall into this pattern that we're talking about that we want to move away from. That's right. And it's all a balance. You know, someone has to give someone a break, you know, and Mm -hmm. when we think about privilege and we think about access, um, you know, we think about, you know, who's going to be that person. You have to resonate with someone's message. It can't just be because the person is, you know, whatever color skin or culture. You have to resonate with their message, think they're intelligent, think their work is solid, right? See something in them. Mm -hmm. But... But we have to make space for these new and up and coming voices. We can't be in a spiritually incestuous community where we keep hearing the same five people over and over again just because they have access. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's boring and it's not reflective of the human experience that we're trying to give people access to so they can heal. So it, it's exactly that. It's just being mindful of it. We can all do it. We doesn't mean, you know, look, I just got a book agent, right? Um, of course, my no- Thank you. Um, And, you know, I'm pretty certain I'm going to get a pretty amazing book deal. Um, First time authors are, you know, it's uh, you don't make a you don't become an author to become rich. You do it for because you have a message you want to come out and it's a platform. Right. It really is a platform. But what I will say is that, you know, he's a top agent, a top book agent. And I think that, of course, building my my numbers and building my things allowed me to have this access and networking most importantly gave me access to people and places that allowed me to say, here's how I'm going to market this book, right? Those things are important. There's a place for that, but we can't let it overpower bringing on new voices or helping people rise up. There there should be some percentage of our work that's, that's mindful of that. It's not everything, but a percentage of it Mm -hmm. so that we're aware that we're part of the solution. It's just a small way that we can all be part of this solution. So I love that, um, you know, that we can speak about this and look at, yeah, fuck, I've done that too, you know, like mm-hmm. I've done that, you know, but it's all good. We're all learning. Yeah, I, I had no idea our conversation would go in this direction. <laughs> I had so many other questions that were so different, but this is like the best conversation we could have had. This was the one we needed to have, and I'm so grateful right. for it. Before we go into the divine deep dive round, I do want to ask you, because I said at the beginning of the show, we were going to talk about love addiction. We talk about love a lot on the show anyway, so um, we don't have time to go all into it, but I know that you do have a lot of insight on love addiction on your site for anyone that wants to continue the conversation there. There, and you have a love archetypes quiz. What is that? Yes. So, you know, 
love addiction um, is being powerless over love. And um, that is maybe being obsessed over getting a text back or why isn't he talking to me? Why isn't he or she doing this thing that I need them to do? And you feel empty, incomplete, obsessed with it. And it pulls you away from your sense of self. Um, same thing with any kind of addiction. So uh, if you're an alcoholic, the alcohol is something that you become powerless over. And in love addiction, it works quite the same. Um, and it boosts, it triggers those same kind of uh, endorphins when you get that hit of love and when you don't have it, you feel empty. And uh, this process, I do a lot of work with clients on healing from love addiction and learning to love themselves. Connecting to the divine is a big part, everything we've been talking about connecting to their worth and helping them walk through and untangle those webs of where did that love addiction come from, um, that, that those abandonment issues. And so um, I have a simple quiz on my website that you can check out, that you can check out, um, which just basically gives you a little sneak peek into if you're a toxic lover, if you're an evolved lover, if you uh, communicate, if you are the type that uh, is avoidant and doesn't want to fight. Um, but is repressing feelings. And I also have a video series, tons of free things that you can check out. I won't go into it, but you can check it out in the show notes. Um, that just gives you insight into maybe you're dealing with codependency um, and or love addiction, which um, is very similar, you know, taking on the needs of someone else before your own and forgetting that you are whole and complete on your own. And uh, it is something that I encourage anybody that's listening, if you feel that you're struggling, to definitely check it out so that you can come back home to yourself. Beautiful. I love it. And I feel like a lot of my listeners are going to be so down to take that quiz. Are there any other things that you have coming up that you want to mention you want my audience to know about? Right now, I am really in a phase of creating... Um, uh, internal space. I'm spending time with my beloved, my doggy, um, just taking it really easy. But everything um, is on my website, christineg.tv. And if you sign up, you get um, all the upcoming events that are coming up. My Viosa retreat is already sold out for this year. Um, next year, it will. you can sign up for next year, 2019, July. And I have tons of information there anytime I do something new. Um, so you can just check that out and stay in the loop. Beautiful. I will have the link to sign up there on the show notes for this episode, as well as the link to your website. And it's time yep. for the divine deep dive round. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. <laughs> you know ready. the rules, just whatever comes to your mind first, like quick fire. Love it. Go. Okay. What is one must read book? Women who run with the wolves by Clarissa Pinkola Estes. Okay, I know I said quick fire, but I just have to pause that this book keeps popping up in my life. Like literally an hour ago, I was talking about it. And now you didn't it's here. read it yet? I okay. haven't read it yet because it's You're just. You're going to okay. be obsessed and listen to the audiobook for everyone because her voice is amazing. And she is the one that reads it. I love when authors read it. So definitely get the audiobook too. Done and done. I have, I have a. Um, audible free book that I have been saving and now I know what I'm gonna get perfect Done. okay what edge are you on in life mm. I'm on the edge of deepening into my cultural confidence 
If you could live anywhere in the world besides where current home is, where would it be? It used to be Puerto Rico, um, which is where my family's from. And I'm not sure, but I'm going to say, I'm going to say an additional, uh, my retreat home that I have plans to build in Puerto Rico. What is your favorite meal right now? Mm. I have one that I don't know if it counts as a meal, but I love it. It's my acai bowl with um, chia seeds and bananas and blueberries, strawberries and nut butter and this like delicious like nut crust thingy that it's on the bottom and then in the middle. So it's like this creamy deliciousness. And um, I have my classics. I love my eggs. Um and toast and I eat meat so by bacon <laughs> what is your favorite form of movement sex am I allowed to say oh, that yeah <laughs> that was the best answer ever <laughs> I think that's mine too I'm um, such a Scorpio <laughs> you're such a what Scorpio oh you're a Scorpio it all makes sense yeah. now yeah everything comes together yes <laughs> Who would you cast to play the role of you in a movie about your life? Ooh. Uh, probably Penelope Cruz. Okay. Yes, I see that. What is one thing you cannot live without? One thing? Mm-hmm. You can't live without it. Mm, not humans or dogs, right? Correct. <laughs> <laughs> one thing... Oh my God, my kitty cat. I have this stuffed animal that I've had since I was three. Aww. And it's the only thing I've ever been like attached to that's an object. I'm not really an object attachment kind of person. But that kitty cat has so many memories and um, I love it. So yeah, my kitty cat, my stuffed animal. I actually have that same story. I got a <laughs> stuffed cat whenever I was three and I, it's the one toy I've held on to and it's like in my drawer right now. Shut up. Yeah. So cute. That's mine. Yours doesn't have like a little ball in its head that rolls around and makes a purring sound, does it? No, okay. I wish it did though. It would be like an upgrade of kitty cat. They were <laughs> called they were called purring purry kitties or purring kitties and they were sold at like Kmart. That's where it was. And my mom bought me a purring kitty and then Hannah purring kitty, my sister, and mine's name was Cinnamon. Oh, so cute. Mine uncreatively was just kitty cat with a K. <laughs> And it was a boy. Oh, I love it. That's so cute. Okay, what's one thing you want to live without? I want to live without more time on my freaking cell phone. Uh, it's annoy I, I get annoyed by myself. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, oh my God, again? You're looking at it again to do nothing? So I would say that for sure. <laughs> what's your favorite smell, favorite scent? Mm. I love the scent of my man's, like, neck. Ooh. Oh so good. That's an amazing smell. I mean, I don't know your man's neck, but... <laughs> I'm like, girl, how do you know? <laughs> <laughs> how do you know? Okay, last question I will ask is, what's a physical skill you're most proud of? Physical skill? Hmm... I think, I don't know if this counts as a physical skill, but 
writing, um, my poetry and, you know, for me, it's not uh, a movement necessarily, but it's, it's the most thing that I, I think expresses my soul. Um, what kind of physical skills are you talking about though? We can go with that. <laughs> yeah, let's go, go with, with that. that. Poetry. Yeah, we'll say a creative skill. It can be yeah, whatever skill you skill. want to be. I like that. That's a good answer. And it's embodiment. Like if you're using your creativity, it's coming out through your body. I mean, originally yeah. I meant like something physical, like you pull a dance or you can do a handstand, but you know, this works too. Yeah, I like this. No, none of those things I can do. So just sex and poetry. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That's so romantic. I love it. Okay. Wow. What a beautiful episode. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Christine. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Juicy, juicy. Okay, everyone, like I said, all of the links to check out her things will be on the show notes for this episode, episode 206. We've got a great podcast lined up for next week, so I'll see you there. 